Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. Yeah, I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Fly, go fly, all right. Welcome to everybody, it is the Tuesday, September 20th edition of the Mike Brother for Show. This is 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, you know it better as the Big X. We're streaming everywhere, anywhere you can find websites that are streaming radio shows. We're on there for God's sake. Stream the show whenever you can and listen to the podcast if you miss any moment. We're here from 3 to 5 today. We got early Louisville Bats baseball, uh, Bats Getting close to wrapping up the season. I think the last two weeks of the year, crazy game last night. I know they were down 8 nothing. They made a little bit of a comeback. It was entertaining. Trevor Kelsey was there on the ones and the twos for the entire night. You'll be able to hear all the action right here again tonight with Nick Curran. Uh, and TK, you are on the board again tonight, right? No, tomorrow. But tomorrow. you can talk to Nick about it. He's the one with 415 with us today. That's right. we got Nick Curran on at 415. Yeah. Plenty this to talk about in between then. Last home stand, and then they hit to... Is he cannot wait. I know he's anticipating this road trip. Three days in Gwinnett to finish the season. A Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I hear Gwinnett's lovely this time of year. Yeah, nothing, Late, nothing, like, fall. nothing like a noon, noon day, day, new day game in Gwinnett to finish the year. You nailed it. Perfect. <laughs> say that ten, say that five times fast. You are beaming today. <laughs> I am with good reason. Last night, I called it. You didn't. You, I, you were doubting. I was, I was very confident. Very. I've since we did our NFL predictions, I've had way more confidence in the Eagles than you have. And last night, well, they looked us more. They looked dominant. <laughs> In they a twenty-four to seven victory over Minnesota and uh, primetime Kirk Cousins, who just can never get it done on Monday night or Sunday night. Now two and ten. Now two career. and ten, which is embarrassing. But it was a both games dominant efforts. The Bills we kind of expected to dominate the Titans, but your Eagles last night. Are you? I feel like you're going to be excited about the win, but you're not buying into the hype because now people are like, "Ooh, Super Bowl contenders in the in the NFC. Like they, they're clearly the best team in the East." Uh, Can they go to the Super Bowl? I Can mean, they compete with the the Bills and the Chiefs? Are they right there? And I, I feel like you're going to push back a little bit. Not well. If you're going to start calling, comparing us with the AFC, then I will a little bit. Yeah. But the NFC, no. I, I mean, the NFC is wide open. I mean, it's AFC is clearly a deeper and better conference, and the NFC is really kind of up for grabs, with the exception of maybe Tampa. And now I know Brady and the Eagles have had their 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 troubles against Brady, with the exception of the Super Bowl. But don't sleep on these first place lines. I mean, I'm telling you, yeah, you, you should be pumped too. I'm going to ask you about that here in a second. But four ways high. The uh, everybody's one and one. Everybody's one and one. Uh, but that is probably the best start Hurts has had in his career. He was great. I mean, but that I've watched pretty much every one of them. That is the best one probably from start to finish he's ever had. But it's best probably offensive game. 
Eagles have had against a good defense in two years uh, easily. I mean, they've played, they've put up good numbers against, you know, bad Lions defenses last year and so on and so forth. But Easy. against a good defense, which the Vikings are a solid defense. That was about as good as they've looked. Defensively looked off. Awesome. It, it was just it was just fun from start to finish. Uh, I had a great time watching it. Watched the first half while hung out with Nick and did the bass. Got left the, the bass game ended, broadcasting it right with ten seconds left in the first half. So I got to spend all of halftime driving home, get home, settle down, watch the second half. Two and oh. Us and the Giants are two and oh now. And that I mean, we're we're I know. First of all, we're better than the Giants. There's there's nobody well, yeah. as good as the East. We we are the best team in the East, bar none. And in the NFC, I, I mean, the Bucks possibly. I mean, you can lose to anybody anytime. But I mean, the Bucks and Rams are the only two teams I'm kind of I think are right there with us. Well, you did escape against the Lions in Week One. No, no, no. We held on because we were Escaped. dominating, and we let you come back. Escaped. And if Jared Goff didn't throw pick sixes to the other team, we're we're good. It's those defensive touchdowns just changed the game. Well, we were right there. We were just, we had you in cruise control, and we were like, I called him up and was like, Hey, Nick Sirianni, me, me, we're we're on first name basis, and I, you know I, I was like, Hey, Nicky boy, my man Mike, his team's just not very good, right? I mean, can, can we hold back? He's like, Trev, for you, buddy. I got this. We'll let it, we'll make them think they got a chance. Sixteen and one, <laughs> fifteen straight, and yet you finish second. And you don't get home field because we'll be seventeen and zero. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Your first place Lions. First place Lions. Now, are they technically in first, or is it just stay? Because your one wins against Washington. I guess technically the Vikings would still be in first because they have a division win. Yeah, because I think it goes division then conference. Regardless. Right now, we don't do tiebreakers. Everybody's one on one, first place lines. Or also, sometimes it also goes by like total points scored. Well, right now, it's first place lines. First place. Have you, don't have, overthink it. Is this, the, is this the deepest into a season you've been in first place in, over, in a long time? Since like 2016, I think. Like 2010. The last time they made the playoffs. <laughs> and that was the last time the Giants were 2 0. Yeah. Look at that. Great things coming, Bears. You are rocking the Eagles jersey today. You're oh, flying yeah. high. You're feeling good. Got the, got You're the, looking great. The black Brian Dawkins on. Weapon X, best free safety in the NFL history. Eagles fans just idolize Brian Dawkins. They should. He's the best free safety in the in they history. Just, it's, like, it's like he's God. It's unbelievable how much Love Eagles him. fans talk about Brian Dawkins. It's so, it's so weird, too, because I grew up, my favorite football player as a kid was Ralph Dawkins. His younger bro- his older brother at Louisville. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're not from here. They're from Jacksonville. Brian went to Clemson. So it's just kind of it's kind of weird. My favorite college football player, my favorite NFL player, are, are brothers who didn't. Even, I mean, one just happened to play at Louisville, and one just happened to land on the Eagles. Very crazy. It's uh, insane. We want to hear from you today again. Two hour show, so get your thoughts in when you can. If you had thoughts that weren't read yesterday because we had so many texts, uh, yeah, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. That's the Thornton's text line. I went to the text line after the show, like twenty something minutes. I mean, I know. plus. I, mean, I know. It's insane. I know. Reminder, we are coming to you from the L College of Business Studios. Uh, if you're interested in getting your MBA in just 13 months and finding out how it's like getting paid to get your own MBA, go to business.louisville.edu. they got all that information that you could possibly want there. Again, the L College of Business Studios. Back at the home studios today, not the remote L College of Business Studios uh, off Taylorsville Road here. And again, the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Download the Refreshing Rewards app today. It'll save you money at the pump or inside any one of the 45,414 area Thornton's locations. Trevor, I know that we've got – we had basketball news yesterday. Curtis Williams committed. Um, that was a good, positive note for L basketball. We now have a two-player class of 2023. A solid foundation is being built. 
there is other recruiting notes. This staff is all over the place. Uh, we have new targets. Uh, we've got George Washington III, who formerly played at Christian Academy. Now he's uh, he's playing in Dayton because his dad uh, is coaching on the women's team, who had been committed to Ohio State, decommitted from Ohio State, announced his top five today. Louisville's in it. Yep. Um, more news on the Isaiah Miranda front, the kid who was t- uh, taking a visit here a couple of weeks ago. This Don't 2024 class, we've, we've got Danny Manning visiting guys. We've got Nolan Smith visiting guys. We've got Kenny Payne visiting guys. That is all interesting. I feel like, though, still on this Tuesday, people are still stuck on football. People are still... Well, I mean... Because the basketball is not as much sign, it's just rumors, not actual signings. Not actual signings. I think also people are like, the recruiting talk was great with football too until we started playing games, what? and now here we are. So let's. So maybe we we're not gonna get all that excited. Oh anymore. come on, that you, you can't you can't flush that that type of thinking down the. T- that, Don't put that on KP. Yeah. Don't put I mean, Scott's uh, ills, his sins on Kenny Payne. First of all, it's not on him. That, that's, you're trying to trash a, a, a fan tradition for over 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, it's every family. If you take that away from fans, do you have any idea how miserable our lives are really going to be in some cases or not? I mean, we need to. <laughs> being excited about the, the, the road less yet traveled. Is, is in terms of recruits, is what makes us get up out of bed at night. I do like that on the, the show tweet today that I put out there on Twitter every day, at Card Chronicle, at Trevor Kelsey, at Big X Sports Radio, uh, the, the first response was from Amy Jones, who just goes, I need to apologize to all the football fans, because since I married an Army dude and moved away, I haven't been able to get there and get my Earler's ice cream in the third quarter, and I'm pretty sure that's why we can't close the game. Thanks, Amy. There you go. Thanks, Amy, for nothing. Yeah. You've tanked the whole program. And we can't get mad at your husband because then we're like anti-army. So, I mean, we, we love the troops on this yeah, show. Yeah, we can't go. We can't, you can't see. But we love Louisville football maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, do you really feel like, you know, his. Can we get him stationed back here in Louisville? Can we get him at Fort Knox? I mean, him being away, is our price of freedom really worth the season to flush on the toilet? What's the point of having troops if you can't enjoy Earl's ice cream? Yeah, really. By the way, is there Earl's at, at Papa John Stadium? Or Cardinal Stadium, whatever. There used to be. I assume there still is. I didn't know there was. I, I haven't been to a game. Oh, I've been to one game in the last year, so. I haven't had Earl's ice cream. Like, I mean, I, this. I'm, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say 30, 32 years, maybe. There used to be one right there off Westport Road, where you live now, that, no, that it was be, the, became the Jiffy Lube. Valvoline. Valvoline. I think now is it a Jiffy Lube. No, it's a Valvoline. It's still a Valvoline. It, it, when Earl's closed. I remember when it turned. When Ur- I, I was used, a kid. I rode my bike up to that Earlers yeah. all the time. Because we would go to Plantation Swim Club, because mm-hmm. we lived right there on Colonel, uh, Colonel Drive, yep. and we would, which now your mailman lives in our house, apparently. We found that out last year. <laughs> One of the crazy revelations Former of the show. mailman. He Former moved mailman. on, yeah. And we would... Uh, <laughs> we found out he's my mailman. He ditched us, which I'm not taking personal. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> we would go to Earlers after we would go swimming, and like yeah. I loved it. It was my, my introduction to ice cream. And then when it became a Valvoline, I remember being so pissed and like harboring... This resentment towards Valvoline forever. And then my brother Paul went and started working at that Valvoline. And I was like, you bleeping traitor. I hated my oldest brother for a long time because I thought he was conspiring to take away Earler's ice cream from me. Two things that like traumatized my childhood was the Earler's ice cream closing there. It was terrible. I want to say I was maybe maybe 12, 11, I was 12, young. So you had to have been, yeah, yeah, I was like five or six. I mean, it was like I said, I was riding, because we used to ride my bike. We'd go to Plantation and we'd go get ice cream and we'd Same. ride. And right behind there, there's a consignment shop, and we'd go there, and we'd always pick out like all the cool GI Joes that people would sell there. We'd get all the, the cool tool, GI Joes and figures and stuff for half price that they'd have in there, and, and then go you know blow them up. So that that Erler's closing, and the day WDRB took different strokes reruns off the air, which I wrote very angry letters to 
the media be thinking it was Fox that like the actual Fox people that did it because I didn't, I didn't know the difference between local and national at the time. Uh, those are two of the most two of the more traumatizing things in my childhood. I got less experience with the second one. <laughs> the first one I, I relate but, to, but I remember Earlers, on a very extreme basis. If I remember, I think I hit Earlers post at closing. There was an Earlers, if I remember right, in um, Cardinal State, the old Cardinal Stadium during during Bats or Redbirds games. And I, I think I remember going to the Earlers there when I had tickets back in like my freshman year of high school. But I, I, I vaguely remember there being Earlers. I don't. I don't think there's any. I don't know where any Earlers, Earlers are in Louisville. Yeah. If, you, if people got one, I will. I might drive out of my way to go to Earlers. They do have They're I, not on DoorDash. I, I know they used to have them in Cardinal Stadium at least as recently as like a couple of years ago because you could see the little kiosks. Um, I assume it's still there. I mean, Amy wouldn't lie to us. I mean, how would they? Well, they have it at Rupp Arena. I know that. I mean, where where are these? Where are they based out of anymore? I mean, use some Google. Google your butt off. Find them. Find them. I want Earlers. I wonder if it's just. I'm afraid to even eat it to think that it'll kill like the the nostalgic youth memories. What if it just sucks? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be like, I'm just gonna go give the guy Valvoline a hug for like closing this place down. I've done that a few times. That's the same Valvoline that's been there since that day. I know it's forever. Insane. I've done that. I've done that a few times where it's something that you've built up that I haven't had in like 20 years in my head, and I try it. I'm like. Did it change or did I just change? <laughs> like, it's just not nearly as good. I, I used, the only time I suffer with that is with movies more often than not. Movies do up, definitely do that. And I, a lot of times, like, still, I will I will end a movie that I loved as a child and will be like, okay, it doesn't hold up, but I still like it because, you know. It takes ma- you back to being 10. Again. Masters of the Universe live action movie is an example. Another example would be the Transformers cartoon movie when I rewatched it as an adult and, like, not only does this not hold up, this is bad. Optimus Prime dies. Uh, yeah, I know. I didn't even remember that. I remember that. I think I blacked it out of my mind as a Speaking child. Speaking of trauma, I also found that out. <laughs> I think when I was like at Plantation, I remember crying about it like at Plantation Swim Club. And then I read something where like that movie came out in theaters and did well until the, the, the word of Optimus Prime's death like spread. And they changed it. And, and so as a result, the movie that came out just like the next summer, which was the cartoon G.I. Joe, they altered the entire movie because like Joe was supposed to die or Duke was supposed to die at the end. They were like, we can't do this again. So they like altered the entire like basis of the movie to, to be more happy ending. And I hate, I don't want that. I, I like sometimes the, the sad ending sometimes works perfectly. Sean Moth is texting him, by the way. Hey, what's up, Sean? He wants you to know there's earlers at Louisville Baseball. He says it's real and it's spectacular. <laughs> Thank you. So at, at Patterson? Yeah. They have earlers. Do they just do they just just plop plop down in like Louisville uh, fields? Is that the only place they're at in, in locally? Maybe I don't know. Is there one at Lynn Family? Again, just Google it, Trevor. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We're on the air. You're I quicker googling to me. I can't tell you. I, oh, I don't, I'm not looking it up right. Now. I don't have all the questions. You got the questions. You can find out for yourself. We'll find, we'll, we'll discover where earlers are in Louisville during the break. Here's the question <laughs> that I want to ask you. It wasn't earlers. It's not about. This is not earlers related. Thanks, Amy. By the way, for that. Thank you, Amy, for a solid six minutes. Yeah, right don't, there, I'm right. not to blame on this one completely. Apparently, well, then the text line's like, there's an Erlers on Main next to the Humana building, like three blocks down I'm not from the, the Main for ice cream. I need something at least semi East End. It opened two or three years ago. Erlers had a booth at Bourbon and Beyond last weekend. Oh, that sucks. They also had a mint chocolate chip waffle cone that oh, was delicious. He's assuming they'll be at Louder Than Life, too. Hit up Duke and Ryan, get some of those passes. A mint chocolate chip co- waffle cone? People, a lot of people saying they have a downtown location in Maine. They're letting you know that. Ooh, that sounds enticing. All right, here's my question for you today. You and I, three weeks ago now, before the Syracuse game, which feels like a lifetime ago, 
there. We did our our game by game predictions, and we had we did not plan this out ahead of time. We had the exact same predictions. We went game by game. We picked the same number of losses. We picked the exact same games that we would we thought we were going to win. Exact same games that we thought we were going to lose. And we both yeah. ended up with seven and five records. We now are one and two. First of all, you and I in the, on those predictions are zero and three. We had us going two and one. We had our only loss coming at the only game that we've actually won, which was Central Florida. <laughs> How are we employed? I don't know. When we get to our picks from last week on Friday's show, you're going to ask that question even more because it was terrible. Is Erlers hiring? We were so good last year at the picks. I mean, I, I think I just like thought it was like really, really easy, and maybe it was. Maybe we're just terrible this year, but we are not doing a good job of picking games so far this season. I went 0 and two of my bets in the NFL last night. Okay, so I can't be okay. surprised. Well, I, t- I gave you the Eagles, and you didn't listen to me. I know, I know. My my question for you is this. Okay. You said seven and five before the season. We now have a three-game sample size going into this weekend's game against South Florida. Are you changing your overall outlook for this season? If you had to redo it now with picking game by game for the last nine games of the season, what record do you end up with for Louisville football right now? Um, let's, let me go through it real quick. See here, we got the one win Central Florida. It's two wins, three wins, four. I'm going four win, four or five wins now. So you have significantly altered your preseason. I clearly have, now. yes. I think I would go. I think I'm going down to six and six. And just dropping the one. Just dropping the one. Because I feel like like Florida State's better than I thought they were going to be coming into the season. And yeah, I mean, that it. was the one I thought we were going to get. I thought we'd be two and one at this point in the season. I thought we were going to beat Syracuse and then beat Florida State in one of those fifty fifty games. Turns out we, we lost to one of the games that we both thought like was a We'll get like you circle this one. Say yeah, we're definitely going to win that one against Syracuse. Lose the the fifty fifty game against UCF. Uh, we thought that was going to happen. We actually won it. And then Florida State, a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. I'm choosing. We have to pick one up at some point if we're going to equalize our preseason expectations. I think Boston College is now gettable. That's the game that I thought we both thought we were, they were going to lose. BC looks bad through three weeks. See, I'm I'm going win South Florida, and I'm thinking split Boston College Virginia. I just don't know which one I want to pick, which one which, but I think it's a split for us. I kind of, I sort of agree with you. I still think that we have a chance to like beat Wake or one of these win one of these top twenty five oh, games. We got chances to beat them all. We should. I mean, we probably won't. I think Florida State's probably better than Wake right now, if we're being real. But Wake will improve. I'm sure they'll score a lot of points. They always do. But I feel like if we're going to have any shot at getting to whatever your preseason expectation was, unless you're somebody who was saying before the year. And I didn't see many of these. I know they were out there, but, but people before the season who were saying, I think we'll go four and eight. I think we'll go five and seven. Unless you were one of those people, we now have to like steal a game somewhere. <laughs> I think we can, the, you almost have to go if you're going to have the type of season that leaves people at the very least satisfied. You have to win the next three. It's not impossible because you can, you know, theoretically, you could upset four of the last you know, win four of the last six games pull a couple of, of crazy upsets but if you do if you can't beat bc and virginia on the road and south florida at home that feels a little bit implausible i think this team to have any hope of i mean not, not even getting the fan base back on board but having a type of season that's going to leave fans somewhat okay with retaining scott satterfield i think you have to win the next three and winning the next three isn't going to bring everybody back on board. You can be four and two going into the, into the second half and have some hope, but people aren't going to be overly enthusiastic just by just because you went on the road and won in Charlottesville and Chestnut Hill and uh, beat South Florida at home. I just, see. I, that's where I kind of disagree with you because I feel if they do win the next three, and it, they're easily capable of doing it, by the way, and and honestly, theoretically, probably should do it. But 
is if they do and they're at four and two and they're going looking at that stretch where you got you know obviously Pitt, Wake Forest, whether they'll both be ranked or not at the time by that point is is questionable. But I, I think you will because we saw this last year when we beat Duke and who was the team we beat before Duke last year? Was it Syracuse? Syracuse yeah. bad. I mean we we blew out those two teams and it got us it, it, the fan base for the most part. I'm as guilty as anyone. You not as much, but I think the majority had. It got enough steam up our own rear ends that we thought we could beat Kentucky. Yeah, some people definitely did. I mean, even even the even even the world of gambling thought that they gave it as a favorite. Yeah. So I mean, and that's just beating two teams that are weren't even as good as probably last year's beat, especially Syracuse, aren't even as good as Boston College or Virginia much as this year. But isn't there a been here before element to this now? Maybe, but I just I don't know. Like I, first of all, right now I'm gonna tell you now if they we went three in a row and we're four and two. I'm not one of those people falling for it this year. I'm not I, either. I fell for it last year, hook, line, and sinker. I just I came up sending all my money to Nigerian Prince. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> nope, ain't happening. I, I put that guy through medical school three times already. I'm not doing it a fourth. And I'm not falling for this again because it'll be great, and I'll be happy that we're four and two. And maybe, you know, and, and part of me will have a blind, you know, a little, 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 little part of me inside will be going, you know, Hopefully these the things is turned around, but until I see it enough consistently, I can't. I just can't fall for it again. I'm sorry. I just can't do it. I'm the same way. And I, and I think a majority will. And you'll see people being like, "Oh, see, I told you you shouldn't have given up on Satterfield." And then we'll lose to Pitt and Wake Forest, and they'll be right back to reality with us going, "Well, I don't know what we were thinking." Roller coaster, Scott. It's who he is. I mean, what he does. Now we're probably going to. We'll have to see what Virginia does in, in the coming weeks. But like, we're clearly we're a two touchdown favorite this weekend over South Florida. We're probably going to be a road favorite over BC unless we get beat by USF this weekend. BC has done; they've shown nothing. Do they, they, when do they play this week? Um, it's a conference game, I believe. But they got housed by Virginia Tech. They lost their opener to a. They play at Florida State. Yeah, that's probably not going to. They go to Florida State and win. If I they go know. to Florida State and win, then we'll probably be. We underdogs. will be an underdog, not a large underdog, but probably like a three or four point underdog. And then Virginia again. Probably going to be somewhere in that toss-up range. Like they're a one-point favorite, or we're a one-point favorite, depending on how these next couple of weeks go. So Agreed. it wouldn't be a, a shock nationally to, to people who are viewing this objectively to see Louisville win these next three games. I think Louisville fans at this point would be pretty surprised to see them win these next three. But that would at least give you hope that hey, you know, we beat Wake Forest in an upset. Take care of James Madison, who by the way plays Appalachian State this weekend. We'll see how that goes. If they beat if they beat App State, I suddenly get way more pissed about that game than I already am. Um, Virginia about plays at Syracuse and Duke before us. That'll be interesting. That, again, that's that's going to be yeah. I agree. Interesting to see how that line works out. But you you know with Boston on the road or at home, Boston College Virginia are what I mean. They're still 50-50 toss up games to me. They should be because they haven't. You know, the the as problem poor is they both looked. They haven't really looked that much worse than we have. The problem is, is that my confidence in us winning a 50-50 game is much less than it was three weeks ago. As it should be. As it mm. should be, because we just lost another one. Yeah, and, and granted we did. Whichever you, you won the other one. That's why they're called 50-50 games, people. You win one, you lose one. That's that's, that's the whole reason of it. It wasn't. It's not just a clever name. <laughs> Scott Satterfield talked to the media today. Uh, we'll go six and six. As did Lance Taylor and Brian Brown. Uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to have he, Satterfield gave a couple of injury updates. He also said some things that I thought were interesting. And we have a Brian Brown quote that's going to send Trevor. Trevor may jump out the window. This is going to send him over the board. Oh, don't make me. Don't, I, I'm excited I to do it. I can't even fit through the window. I'm, I, it's going to happen. You're happy. You're wearing your Eagles jersey. I want to bring you down a little bit just to, <laughs> just, just to bring you back to my level. 
because we, we can't have one happy guy and one sad guy here at the radio station. So we'll read the Brown quote. We'll react to it. Gonna be miserable. That's what there's a quote about, you know, misery and company. I misery think somewhere company, out there, yeah. uh, not, not exactly sure how it goes. I think you, you nailed it there, but, uh, <laughs> I, song by, uh, I prescribe to it. Uh, <laughs> Um, before we take a break, though, reminding you about First Bankers Trust. Uh, First Bankers Trust, they've got you covered not only with investment management, but also comprehensive financial planning. And if you need trust and estate service help, they've got you covered there, too. They also do so much more. And if you want to find out about that so much more, go to firstbankerstrust.com. First Bankers Trust, they always put trust first. Firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Scott Satterfield and Brian Brown and Lance Taylor's weekly press conference. Also, some injury updates and some other football notes. It's coming your way next here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X. There's a new one now that Virginia watches every now and then. It's like, it's like that new really, crap can animation. You, can that you show her this one? Sometimes she she likes the old school shows. Like she'll specifically ask for. I, I told you last week I was watching the UCF game down in the basement, and she comes sprinting down, and she has this. Weird, I don't know why she uses this weird voice when she asks, but we only watch this cartoon in the basement for some reason. She's like. I want to watch old school Mickey. <laughs> Mickey? And I'm like trying to watch. We watch old school Mickey cartoons in the basement sometimes. Cause awesome. We're, we're rarely there watching that TV. That TV wreck rarely comes on. And she was like, in the middle of the UCF game, like Malik Cunningham is running for a touchdown to put us ahead. And she's like, I want to watch old school Mickey. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're, we're not watching old First school First of all, Mickey. Why, when did your daughter become Rocky? I don't know. Hey, more talk to Mickey. She just does Oh, Polly, where's she, Mickey at? She thinks the voice is funny. <laughs> it's her goofy impersonation. But she likes watching old school cartoons. Uh, but there's like a new Muppet Babies that comes on Disney Channel every now and then. It's like it's that same kind of crap new computer animation where yeah, like, you know, it's, it is what it is. Like, Muppet Babies is one of those shows that does... Like, like I can see where some you show some your kids some of the cartoons you used to watch and they're like, oh, yeah. Not. I tried Care Bears, it did not fly. Yeah, but Muppet Babies. She likes feel, Strawberry Shortcake. I think that Muppet Baby. I think Muppet Babies is one like like yeah, Joe's and Transformers probably aren't gonna like, especially with kids now with like the newer CGI stuff they have for those aren't gonna fly. But Muppet Babies I think stands the test of time. I think it's pretty good. I haven't watched it. Couldn't tell you. I mean, I'm just watching a long time stuff. I, I mean, just, just watching the the opening theme and the, and the graphics they're put. Do you get a special kind of like, I, 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 me, I have no kids I know of, but like, you know, helping, you know, my friends who had kids when we were, just, you know, just got a high school or in, in the high school days, you know, young, youngins that didn't probably didn't need to be having kids, but now they're, you know, those kids are in college, sure. like helping them and, and, you know, watching them and, and babysitting, yada, yada. Like, did you, like, I'd get a kick when they like, like, like a special kind of, I don't know. A thrill when they would be into a cartoon that I used to draw. Like, like I, I used to, I'd always try to like, you know, like my buddy's kid Taylor, like I always be like, hey, let's watch The Secret of the Nim. Here, I went and bought Secret of the Nim. I want to watch this. I love this movie. He's just kind of like, oh, I want to go watch TVG or 
because he used to love watching the horses run. Or I want to watch, you know, like Dor- Dora or, you know, or Blue's Clues, whatever the hell he was watching at the time. Like, do you stay up with Virginia? Do you, like, get, ex- like, if you try to, like, have her watch, like, something you grew up watching and she actually embraces it, does does it, did it give you a little thrill? Man, I'll let you know if it happens because she has not embraced. I've tried, not a, I've tried with it. a few, and she has not embraced. What me. have you tried? But she's so still far. too young. Like she does. Like because I grew up like watching mostly like cartoon movies, and That's she's true. too young to like. She won't sit through a movie. Like she's okay. ADD kid. Like she wants if, it, if there's not songs, she's gonna go back to playing with her toys, or she wants to go outside. You like, probably gotta wait till closer to five or six to do this. Probably, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure you'll get excited. You'll get happy. What was For your? Sure. Did you like the Secret of Nim? By the way, it was fine. Yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't have been friends as kids. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Dark Crystal, another good one. This uh, th- this just in. Louisville, Florida State on Friday was viewed on ESPN by 2.75 million people. For comparison's sake, uh, the, yeah. the UCF game before that was the most watched ESPN 2 Friday night game in, I think, uh, four years was viewed by like 1.85 million people. So this was the ninth most watched college football game of the weekend, which yes. is saying something for a Friday night game. This was a, a golden opportunity for Louisville to, I think, change its national perception to get some momentum for Scott Satterfield. And as we've talked about for the last 48 hours straight now, they kind of crapped all over themselves. And and that's where we are, right? But ninth most watched game, if you're wondering, Auburn-Penn State was the most watched game of the weekend. Uh, but the cards had a lot of eyeballs. They were the number one trending topic when I went to bed on Twitter in the early hours of Saturday morning, and not for good reasons. 2.7? 2.75 million. That's more than SmackDown got on, on Fox, a basic television channel from 8 to 10. I believe it. They did 2.1. All right, let's talk about uh, Scott Satterfield's that's, weekly. That's, that beats out a basic television. That's pretty impressive. That's good. It's a good rating. That's damn good. 2.7 is a good rating for Friday Night Cable. Let's talk Scott Satterfield's weekly press conference today. He's trying to avoid it. Right off the bat, a couple of injury notes. Uh, good and bad. The good, Ty and Evans back this weekend against South Florida. Good. Also, Caleb Chandler, who left late in the first half for a Friday Night's game, will be back this weekend for South Florida. Good. The bad, D. Wiggins out for the year. Yeah, I did see that. Toe injury is going to require surgery this week. He will not play again this season, the Miami transfer. He'd been having, I mean, he was targeted more, it felt like, on Friday night than he had been the first two games. He had two catches for, I believe, 45, 43 yards, something around there, um, and had been had the ball thrown his way a couple of the times before he got hurt. Satterfield said that Amari Huggins-Bruce is probably going to spend more time sliding over to that Z receiver position that, uh, that, that Wiggins had been playing. He also said... This is probably going to create more reps for a guy like Jalen Carter, senior walk-on from um, – had been a walk-on, was given a scholarship before the start of the season, played at Manual High School, okay. or um, Mark Bell, one of the, the freshmen, true freshmen in this class who has or not – point guard for Western. Or, or a point guard for Western. Uh, but he will probably see the field as well. I think you'll see more of Josh Johnson who played a little bit on Friday night after D. Wiggins got hurt. But this is a, a blow to a receiving core that was already not exactly producing at a very high level so far. And Wiggins was seen as your big deep play threat this year. That was the role that they had him in. They took that big shot with him against Syracuse and for an offense that has really struggled to find the explosive play. This is just one more blow that they probably would have, I mean, no probably about it, they would have liked to have avoided. Well, yeah, I mean, they want to avoid any injuries, in, I mean, in general. Sure. But, I mean, the wide receiver, yeah, I mean, it's it does suck. I mean, we, we wondered, I mean, like you said, I couldn't remember the Syracuse Central Reporter where he had the – the, the underthrown ball to him that he was probably should have been he was more open and the ball was a bad throw which I think that was that was Syracuse right Syracuse, yeah yeah I couldn't remember I, I, I was getting the two mixed up for some reason so I mean he had that and yeah he had the he had a couple of nice I mean a couple of throws to him like you said before he got the injury and I remember him getting hurt in, in the Florida State game but I mean it just sucks also he's just I mean this is a grad I mean he's, I guess is he, he's a grad transfer so I mean he may be able to 
come back and play again another year next year because you get next year if you wanted to. Yeah, but it still sucks to be. I mean, at this point, I mean, for sure, he just wanted to get out there, and it was the opportunity was there. I mean, will the opportunity be there next year? Quite possibly for him to have another chance at being a, a go to guy. But the opportunity was definitely there this year, and it's unfortunate for him. It's season comes to an end, and it's just one less option of of, of a wide receiver now that we can look at and go. I wonder if that guy can be the guy that steps up. I wonder if that guy be, – because right now we're three weeks in and no one has stepped up. No. Like everyone, we, you know, I, I see Satterfield looking at the receiver core and, you know, like who wants to be the number one guy? Take one step forward and everybody took one step back. We're like nobody wants to even, to even try. So, I mean, it's – now we're just – instead of having six options, we got five and that's unfortunate. Now, the rest of the press conference today, I was following all along on Twitter – and there were some people who were making up Satterfield quotes, and I honestly could not tell the difference between the oh, two. Oh, that's not good, by the way. I mean, it's not good to make them up, but it's not good that you couldn't tell the difference either. He did open it up. He, you know, he said, I'll start out by talking a little bit about the, the game the other night against Florida State. Obviously a tough, tough loss for us. Very disappointed in that. I felt we had control of the game. And you go back and watch the film. We had a very good control of the game. Obviously, I talked about it at the end of the game. It was a big play on that second and 14 when they hit that post. I felt like at that point... I think they had an offensive lineman get hurt on that play. Second and 14, we got a lot of momentum. Let's stop them right here and take control of the game. They hit the big play and got right back in it. He goes on to say... I was going to say, say, is that the real quote? It was the real quote. I didn't know if you were playing a game with me today. Like, is this what Satterfield said? He said, I mean, <laughs> big play here or there. One or two plays away from beating Florida State. I mean, that was... That you, sounds you, like sat. You could have scripted it. <laughs> um. He, he went on to talk a little bit about USF in his opening statement and said, you know, I've, I've known Jeff Scott for a, a long time. They're a much better football team than what they were two years ago. It's a big game for us this week. Playing on a Saturday, we have a normal schedule and a normal routine this week. Saturday at noon, we need everybody to come out. We need a great crowd to get a good home field advantage for us again. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> Can't that opportunity. You better, you better win impressively if you want another one on the one pit. You come back for the pit game. Yeah, I mean – and he knows. I mean, he's he's saying what he has to say, but I don't. He, he you think he should know it, but I don't know if he does know it. Oh, I think he does. I mean, he's got it. I mean, he can't be that. I don't know. I mean, he he was blind enough to not realize he should fire Brian Brown before the end of the year last year. So sometimes I'm I'm curious. I, I <laughs> he's oblivious to that obviousness. I've got to give you the Brian Brown quote. <laughs> oh, so you just ready to throw it at me? Just now? Jumping right into it. We're because done with sack quotes. We're done with sack quotes. Pretty, oh, good. Pretty no, much. No, we can no go more. back to a couple of other things, but uh, <laughs> we have to get right to the, the, this is the meat. Oh, so Brown talks about how they watched the film of Friday night's game over the weekend. And this is the start. Don't, don't react just yet. They weren't as discouraged as they originally thought they were going to be after watching the film. <laughs> Jeez, Here's the exact quote. They, his players, they saw it on film and they were excited that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be, schematically and whatnot. It was just that guys were there, they were in position, and we just didn't finish and make the tackle. That's yeah. all it was. I, I, we're, we were there. I, we're, we weren't like, you know, the guys weren't like, I don't know, looking up in the stands or lying down on the ground for no reason. They were there to make the plays. They just didn't do it. And so we were excited to see that. I had a running start. I planted the pole. Yet I didn't get over the, <laughs> I didn't get over the, the bar. I don't understand what happened, Coach Brown. I did everything I was supposed to do, yet for some reason, I never left the ground, and the pole broke. 
and it shattered and flew into the crowd and three people were injured. What do I, I don't understand it, Coach Brown. That's probably what it would happen to, you know, my luck. I was there to stop the fire. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I had the hose. I had the hose. We just didn't have the water come we, out in the right place. We had no water. The <laughs> water just it hit the other house. But we were there. We had the hose in our hands. And, you know, it's, it's like we stopped the fire. I mean, at some point, can he just, I mean, is he just afraid to come out and admit that he just, we we just got our ass handed to us? Because you saw the Syracuse game, he gave that kind of quote, which I don't know, I didn't hear him say it per se, so... I still I still pray that it was just a typo by by the person who tweeted it on accident, obviously. When he was like, I wanted I think it was I wanted Clark in the slot, but we didn't I didn't get that or something. Yeah, no, he said that. Yeah. And, and I'm like, when he said that, I was just like, you gotta be. I, I mean, wanted to play more of the time. You're passing the ball seriously. I don't know who you're passing it to, but you're you're not taking the blame. And this was just another subtle way of doing that, of just being like, oh yeah, you know, we 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 I thought we were excited because we did everything we were supposed to. do. What what was the last part of it? We just it just didn't pan out or something. How I mean, ba- my question is how bad did they think it was going to be before they saw the film? <laughs> what, what, what were they expecting to see that they were excited to see themselves missing tackles? This is good. Were they ex- thirty five points and no and and not and not sniffing the, the stop of the run defense and giving up, uh, not knowing they have a six of. Maybe they didn't know the receiver six seven. Obviously, they didn't. Satterfield didn't know they had him. Did they think their pants were down or something? Like they were flashing nut, and like nobody knew. It. Like that was their expectation. Like how are you? How are you expecting worse than to see? Hey, we're in position. We just couldn't make the tackle. Did you somehow remember yourself being? I don't know. Like on the other side of the field when a pass is being thrown to the right. Like I, I, that's all that. The fact that they were excited to see that it wasn't as bad schematically as they thought it was going to be just makes me wonder how bad it was in their minds when they went home and went to sleep Friday night. What's worse is that they thought it was going to be that bad when their starter was in the game the whole game. <laughs> God. I mean, so you're t- <laughs> is that what you're saying? I mean, at least if you're going to if you're going if you're going to just shovel the the, the manure at, at me, at least try to be more creative. Like, you know, hey, you know, we just we we, we were on, we were on track to do everything we were supposed to do. But then Jordan Travis got hurt, and we weren't expecting, you know, Rod, uh, Rodden Gardner to come in there. Gary Rodemeyer. Who cares? And, and come in no, there. No, it's his fake name. <laughs> do, you know, do you know who Gary Rodemeyer is? Yeah, he's the guy who used to be on the news, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Rody. Rody's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> his horse racing picks are gold every year on Oaks. I used to live across the street from uh, meteorologist Craig Edwards. <laughs> Dynamite fact. I don't, oh, as always, dropping it for you. <laughs> but but then, then, what happened to him? He moved away and never, never knew the weather again. So, but at least give, give me that. Like you know, we we got caught off guard. We weren't we were prepared to you know go against this guy, and then the backup came in, and Johnny Davis grew like six inches, and you know, and we had no idea he was there and had tall. Yeah, and we we didn't we we weren't prepared for. It. Then again, of course, saying that would make me people actually him actually some in some way taking the blame for the fact that he is incompetent at his freaking job, and he's yet to even even step up and say, "Hey, my bad. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to coach. Look, don't blame the kids. They're 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 partially to blame, but a lot of it's to do with the fact that I am a moron." I was actually kind of excited when I watched my 0 for 10 shooting performance on film because <laughs> yeah. the shots didn't go in. But they were coming out of my right hand. I wasn't shooting with the wrong hand. I didn't shoot, you know, with my eyes closed. I just didn't make the shots. Schematically, I, mean, I was fine. I mean, we're gonna get blown out next week, and Brian Brown's gonna come out and be to, to like he's gonna come out there like Wayne Gretzky. You only miss 100 percent of the tackles you try to make. It's what it feels like. <laughs> I mean, that's what. What, what does that mean? <laughs> you you only whiff on 100 percent of the tackles you attempt to make. I mean. <laughs> 
was about to make a really poor reference. I was going to be in very poor taste. Oh, that's my, hey, that's my I job. know, I, I can't do it. I, <laughs> it would have been very funny, and I, I really want to say it, but I can't do it. <laughs> Go do it. Come I, on. I don't know if enough time has passed for this national well, I haven't tragedy. gotten us thrown off the air yet. I, know. <laughs> I don't think you think you're safe. I, just, I cannot believe that quote. Like We were actually kind of excited to see it We were excited. on well, film. <laughs> I mean, at what point in the game were you excited watching this defense? Did we make any stops? Did we cause them to punt at once? We had, we had a nice little stretch, and Keith Wynn has broken this down about how, like, I when, saw he did that a little whenever bit, Whenever yeah. we have a stretch of, because I think we stopped them, like, four consecutive times, and whenever we do that, it was the, the it was, offense doesn't do anything in return. It was them four and Central Florida five, or five them, and it was five and four, I know, were the mix. Nice call. Thank you. No, no, because Central Florida was ten, right? Yeah, it was 19 combined between the three games. So, no. I, just, I mean, when we watched the film of the Our American Cousin play, <laughs> schematically, it wasn't terrible. We just had a president get assassinated in one of the, the booths. <laughs> what was the play you went to? Our American Cousin. Is that what it was? I never knew that. I forgot the name of the movie. Uh, I, I was watching the family the other day when they were like, this gets a bad, worse rep than John Wilkes Booth. And he's sitting behind Lincoln. Lincoln's like being a horrible person. He's like, this guy paid 15 cents for this ticket. Why well, this guy won't shut up? Uh, I just, I, I don't know what to do with that quote. But Satterfield, continuing, he was asked about, you know, the discipline. You know, play, all the, the pre-snap errors, all the, the, the turnovers and bad points. And he, you know, how can you, what can you guys do to be a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more poised? And he started off his response with this. We've tried. That, that's all, You know, I guess that's all we ask, right, Sats? Wait for the follow-up line. We're going to continue to do things, which is reassuring. And? They're, you- not, they're not going to stop doing things. They're going to continue to do things. Uh, we've run after practice for anything that we need to do in, pe- in practice penalty-wise as punishment. We ran Sunday for the penalties that we had in the game. We talk about it, being disciplined and being focused, exactly what's going on. All you can do is continue to continue to harp on it and hope we better, get better at it. <laughs> is that really all you can do? I mean, is Satterfield the, the guy in practice? I mean, I don't know. Come on, guys. Quit committing penalties, guys. I'm making them run. Please, don't make me make you run. Again. I mean, obviously running is not doing it. We had a neighbor a few years ago. Three games in and we're still committing the same amount of stupid penalties. Clearly making them run. They don't, they, that doesn't threaten them at all. We had a neighbor when I was living back with my parents. This was probably like 15, 20 years ago. And it was a new neighbor across the street. And they, they had this dog. And then it was one of those families that they have outside dogs. Like they have to sleep outside the entire time. Never under could grasp that. I, I couldn't either. But they made their dog sleep outside. And this dog barked all night. It's like like, a, like, like a loud bark. Neighbors. Like the entire night. And, fi- you know, we would, you know, us and like the other neighbors would have to be like, you know, you guys have to do something. Like, and their response was, well, we've told them to stop. <laughs> That's kind of what this feels like. I like to hope that our players are smarter than the dog. But We're going to keep making them run. Oh, no, if they keep messing up, if they keep fumbling, if they keep getting these pre-snap penalties, like it's not, it's not working. We talked about that all summer. We've got to take care of the football and fumbles, just sloppy fumbles and holding on to the ball, the ball exchange, those type of things. We'll continue to harp on it. We'll get to, there will continue to be penalties for our guys. There will be running and some extra activities that they're going to have to do whenever that happens, and that's all you can do is try to deter those actions. Is it? Like, is, is that where we are? I just, it just it makes me sad. I mean, I don't know. Just at this point, sad. Just you know, people aren't listening. Just bench them, whether it's you think it's they're the better player or not. I mean, there's gonna be something you got to think to do to convince these or just be a better coach. 
maybe it's not maybe the players running is is not the fault maybe it's the lack of leadership that, that starts at the top maybe it's also that your defensive coordinator who is an idiot and horrible at his job can't admit to it i mean i, I mean well, hold on now <laughs> i mean you know if they just made the tackles it would have been, it would have looked fine well yeah, i mean yeah schematically yeah I they mean, were right there schematically the, the, you know if they just held on to the ball on offense too yeah, I mean, what, what's the old We thing? pretty much won that game by 42 when you look at it that way. Man, had a pair, she'd be my uncle. I mean, what's... what's <laughs> they were actually excited when they looked at that film. <laughs> they were excited. They were excited. That, I'm glad someone was thrilled watching the replay of that game. It sure as hell wasn't me. I mean, maybe Florida State fans. You know who else was thrilled about your execution? FSU fans. I watched the, like, the cinematic recap that FSU puts out uh, after games. They... I'm even more mad that we lost. I don't think Mike Norvell knows what he's doing. I, I, I really don't. Like, I watched I mean, his like he's... pregame speeches and stuff. I'm like, I would not be fired up to play for this guy. Like, I don't. He comes off as somebody who's still in over his head. Like, I can see Florida State's season just. And maybe I'm totally wrong about this. Would not be the first time. Will not be the last. I can see their season from this point forward, kind of taking a little bit of a downturn. I mean, they're they're a five six win team. Well, they're more than that. They're three and zero right now. Okay, so you think I mean, they're going to go two and eight to end the season, or two and seven to end the season? Would it be out of the room of crazy to think? Yeah, that? I think so. I mean, they still have a couple of walkover games because they played LSU. They have one more non-conference game. It's going to be a pushover, I would assume. They'll get, they'll be bowl eligible, but I can see them being like well, six wins is bowl eligible too, right? Right. But I can see them being like a eight and four type team, and right now they're thinking like we're ten and two, eleven and one, good. And I don't think that they're, that they're that. I mean, they've got they've got Boston College this week, but then they've got Wake, NC State, and Clemson in three straight. Yeah, they'll lose at least two of those. And then they their games they should win: Boston College, Georgia Tech. So that's five. I mean, and then Louisiana, that's six. Yeah, I, mean, I get, would I wouldn't say at Miami, at Syracuse, and Florida at home are, are gimmies for them. I would end up going like seven and five. I mean, I, eight okay, and four you're times. Right? I said five and six. Yeah. I should have said six and seven. Yeah, I, I can see again, that. but that doesn't that, that doesn't scream him. Like impressive, right? They're not way. their fan base isn't thinking that right now. No, they're um, thinking like we're right there with Clemson. Their fan base is the same mindset as Brian Brown when he watches game film. They're excited. <laughs> wow, I tell you what, Brian, that if that kind of defense gets you excited, you can't wait to watch the Clemson. Wait till Clemson comes to town, or, or NC State, or somebody else. I mean Pittsburgh. So, I mean you, you're going to be just thrilled if we could just tackle, if we could just shoot. If we could just hit the ball. We're swinging great. I'm excited about the way we're swinging. We're just not making contact. Did someone not raise their hand and say, what were your expectations for this game? He did get asked by a little kid if he had any pets today. And it may have been the, like, the, the best question of the press conference. I'm like, more of this. Give me, the football talk's just bumming me out. Talk, talk to me about Satterfield's Why pets. Are what are their names? <laughs> what were their names, by the way? I don't know. He answered it. <laughs> I didn't hear. He do- he, he's got to have dogs, right? I think they had dogs, yeah. I mean, he's I, a big dog guy. You can just tell. I, oh, he has to be because if he if he came out and got cats, I'm like I'm out the door on him now. Well, you have cats. I don't want cats. You have them though. I didn't. I've got you them. Steal them. There's there's many things I have I, I got that I don't want. You steal them. <laughs> no, I don't steal them. You're cat thief. Completely. You're cat thief. No, it it was more of a suggested homecoming abduction. <laughs> when I watched the game film. I didn't see it as abduction. I saw, <laughs> I saw it as corralling a cat into my car and then exiting it into my home. It was just me not letting it go back to its home. Yeah. I mean, Simply. I was excited by the way it looked on film. Go, going, in, going into that, 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 that venture, I, I, was, I thought it was going to be worse. 
Um, I tell you what, let's go ahead and take a break now. We can get to the Thornton text line after the break. We'll also have Nick Kern on at 4.15 to talk about the Louisville Bats. Last homestand of the season. It always goes so fast. Uh, we can get into that discussion. The and season, then... The season's kind of like a Brian Brown quote. of <laughs> the Bats. <laughs> a lot of fun to talk about. Watch the game film. We were so excited for this. We should have talked more earlier <laughs> in the first hour. <laughs> Before we go to break, though, reminding you about AirServe. If you have AC problems, if you have heating problems coming up in these, uh, these war- cold months that are on the way, AirServe's the only place to go because they've got technicians available for you 24-7. They're like EMTs for your air conditioning. No matter what time of day the problem happens, AirServe's going to be available for your call at 502-264-9662. That's 502-264-9662. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, AirServe's going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home or your place of business. Visit their website today for more information. It's airserve.com backslash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two, we'll get into the text line a little bit, and then we'll have Nick Kern at 415 to talk some Bats baseball. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. The fun rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Big fan. I, I liked it. I, the Pinky in the Brain was my favorite. My dad still has a, he loved Pinky in the Brain. He still has like, he has like little Pinky in the Brain figurines on his work desk. So, I, yeah. I, I got a buddy that'll still, every, every time me and him for, you know, 20 something years, he goes, what are you doing tonight? Everything I do, same thing I do every night, my man. Try to take Trying over the world. to take over the world. I mean. It's a great show. That was, uh. Animax always get mixed up. That now that didn't have the ducky though. That was on. That wasn't Animaniacs, right? You know, uh, ducky pushed. The, I pushed a button. I pushed a button. Yeah, well, that was Animax. That, that was Anima- it. Was one of the offshoots of Animax. Yeah, because yeah. because also had Almira, right? Right. I still do that one too, and I'll I'll be playing with Khaleesi or Arya. But I love you and hug you and kiss you all <laughs> over. Right. It's a good show. Oh yes, yes, good, good. That was. Uh, that was a good, yeah, good cartoons. Do you know? I'm assuming the theme today is pretty easy, right? Yeah, cartoon theme songs. Yep. Ren Stimpy was first. Oh, you, you picked up Ren Stimpy. I didn't think you realized that. Of course. Uh, and then Muppet Babies, and now Animaniacs. Oh, who will be fourth? You kind of alluded to Inspector Gadget during the break. I did, but that's not what actually what it is. No, that did bring up a question though, and I'm just curious. Like I asked you, like, and is there somebody else maybe out there I'm forgetting, but. Of all, like, the cartoon characters we grew up, like, knowing, hearing their voice or seeing, like, a part of them, but never getting to see their face, who's the one that, if you could, like, go back in time and see their face, who would it be? Well, it's not a lengthy list. I mean, and I asked you the two, I said, during the break, I said, would it be Nanny or Dr. Claw? There's also who, like, the teacher from Peanuts. Yeah. There's Wilson from uh, Home Improvement, not a cartoon, but still. Yeah, I don't know if he's... 
you get to see kind of. You, I mean, you know what he looks like for the most part. I go nanny. I wasn't the biggest Inspector Gadget fan. See, I think. I, I mean, I'm torn between that one. I'm. I, I mean, I'd probably go nanny just because I'd want to know if she's cute or not. But like Claw, like I always, I, I always drove me nuts. I never got to see Doctor Claw. Okay. I was a big Inspector Gadget guy though. Okay. I think I was more against than you were. Yeah. Well, there's one out there. If there's Texas, let me know. There's one out there I'm forgetting. Yeah. They've already turned off the show. Uh, 502 414 <laughs> Lucky bastards. <laughs> we'll take some text here before we get to Nick Kern at 415. We'll let, uh, hear what you guys have to say. Texter says, I listened to a hypothetical future coach talk yesterday. I'm trying to figure out what success Dave Ragone has had or his coaching staff, staffs have had. Please help. Uh, Ragone had success while as a, coordinate, a position coach with the Titans. Um, current, he was at Chicago. He was with Chicago, and and actually, I know this sounds crazy to say, but he was the QB coach the year they went twelve and four. The, and Trubisky's kind of ex- his one good year. Uh, that was that was Ragone's first, I think, first or second year working with him as a QB coach. So, a lot of Bears fans at that time, and I know some, but were very excited about the future with him maybe being kind of the play calling guy. And when he did, and of course, that deteriorated as Trubisky's de- deteriorated as well, but. Uh, he and, and listen, you can't just judge him when he's done Atlanta last year. The, the team is just kind of a dumpster fire. I mean, they're still they're still kind of a dumpster fire. It, it, he's a much tougher sell now than he would have been like four years ago, just because the he's been an OC now for two full seasons. Last year did not go great for Atlanta. No, it feels like this year is not going to go any much better. So it was you had better with the mystery of what he could do before he got the job in Atlanta. For sure, absolutely. I mean. Yeah. It's it's like the Kenny Payne thing. Remember, like the, you know, his best assets were also his biggest weaknesses during the coaching search mm-hmm. stuff. Because you could say, hey, Scott Drew's only won this. He's only won one national title. They lost in the, the first round of the NCAA tournament this year, that year, and that year. And Kenny Payne's got no NCAA tournament losses, no early exits. But he's never coached a game, so, so that's kind of the, the give and the take. The mystery can be built as a positive, and sometimes when you get more data, it winds up not being great for for a potential coaching candidate. But that would be the the knock on Dave Ragone there. I mean, I don't, I could be wrong, but I know. I mean, before Petrino came back, he'd spent like a year, I think, in Jacksonville as OC, and I don't remember that being the best Jacksonville team because that would have been what like two thousand two, two thousand three, post the post their good early late nineties run with Tom Coughlin because he was with Brunel for. Did he have Brunel? Okay, I'm pretty sure he was. He worked with Brunel. Well, then they point. weren't too bad then. Yeah, Brunel because they were they were always at least competitive when while Brunel was there. I was, I was thought he was like not Gerard, but I was thinking he was maybe Leftwich. You something. might be right. I, I feel no, like, he could have been Left. Leftwich was like 2008. Who am I talking about? Terrence, anybody who thinks Satterfield is going to be the coach next year is fooling themselves. <laughs> I mean, I went on. I said yesterday, you and I were kind of split on that. You said you thought. I'm it's like 50 50, but yeah. you thought you, you were leaning slightly towards him being the coach next year. I don't think he will be, but I'm not like, I'm not sitting here saying I'm like 90% sure or anything like that. I'm just, it's kind of a, a feeling at this point. I just don't think he's going to be back. I don't think it, it kind of, it feels like we're heading towards a Chris Mack direction where, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I'm not saying that he's going to be out before the end of the season unless things just go 2018 off the rails here. But I think at the end of the year, I can see there being some sort of, We'll use the phrase again, mutual parting of ways. In fairness, I, I think I still think it's 50-50. The only reason I, I leaned towards him being back was because despite what everyone out in the hallway is telling me, I think God hates me. And that's just how I feel it'll work it is, out. Uh, it, it's fundraiser week here. I mean, yeah, everyone out there has told me otherwise. I don't believe them. Contrary, evidence, you have to ev- bring it up. evidence has shown <laughs> over the last years that it's not going to go my way. Yeah, I get the occasional crumb thrown at me like the Super Bowl. but The Eagles are good. Yeah, I know. That doesn't work for Louisville football, though. Louisville football has been like the most, of all my favorite uh, favorite sports teams, 
I guess I can't say Louisville. Louisville and the Pacers have been the biggest teases of all. Like they're the ones that have dangled that 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 twinkie at the end of the stick in front of me more times than I can remember. Texas, there was nothing better as a kid than when you were playing with your friends at Seneca Park and the Earlers ice cream truck was there. We had an ice cream truck roll past our house the other day. Like, like don't get me started on that. They I told blew you, blew past. I was like, this this person's not selling ice cream. At least he went down your street. I've I've had many a times and just like cruised right by me. It made me mad. Texas, give me Tom Herman or Luke Fickle. Herman is 54-22 all-time at Houston and Texas and 5-1 and one in bowl games. Fickle is 56-23 and 23 overall and 2-3 and three in bowls. Yeah, I think one of those is gettable in Herman because he's Fickle. not – We can't. I don't think we can get Luke Fickle either. I mean, he's at Cincinnati. Odds are if I'm Luke Fickle, he's holding out for Ryan Day to leave Ohio State. His next leap time. is the leap back home, to, to quote <laughs> Clownham Lee. Like, that's that's what he's waiting for. God, that, that, that abortion gone wrong of a reboot is starting Scott Bakula, <laughs> furious. <laughs> I think that I think you could get Tom Herman and I would be I think Tom Herman's doable. I, I think I think I also think it would be a great hire. Like I still believe in him. At some point it has to be more about and we've had this discussion kind of with Tennessee football coaches and Nebraska football coaches. At some point part of the problems with the program have to be the program itself. Herman checked every box going to Texas and it just didn't work out there because well, the I, pressure is so immense. And he also, compared to some other recent Texas coaches, did not do the worst job. I was gonna say I don't, I don't question whether you claim he didn't even do a good job there. Well, not good enough to keep his job. Is Well, but that's that doesn't mean he didn't do a good job. That just means possibly and is more I think leans more towards expectations in Texas are be well beyond what they should be. Right. He did not bring Texas back, to quote the the phrase there. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he went. T- I mean, he went seven and six his first year, rebounding off of five when Charlie Strong team. Not terrible. Uh, then ten and four, eight and five, and seven and three. And by the way, four and zero in bowl games. That's what he said. The texture said he's five and one all time in, in bowl games, um, which is not a not not a meaningless stat. No, won a Sugar Bowl at Texas, I believe. He you, did. Have, you have the stats in front of you. He won the Peach, Vegas, Texas, Sugar, and back-to-back Alamos. And again, those aren't Texas standards, but still, compared to recent Texas history, he's not not bad, not terrible. I, I still think he's a good coach. I think he would do well here. But we're getting ahead of ourselves once again. I mean, outside of the the, the four-year, five-year, well, I guess actually, I wouldn't. I give credit. The most of the entire Mac run, this what is his Texas football? Unless you're going all the way back to like early Freddie Aker days, in like the seventies. Yeah, I mean, since, since since the early '80s, well, when when we, we already covered this, as, yes, Texas when King seven. of the Hill isn't on air, this is who Texas is. When yeah. King of the Hill was on air, they're fantastic. Yeah, Texas, explain the rationale in a person thinking that a place like Louisville could hire Fickle. Oh, I don't think I don't, I, yeah, Trevor I, and I both said we don't think they can. So. I would love, I would love, I mean, hell yeah, to have Luke Fickle. Trust me, I would. But yeah, I mean, he's steady. I mean, Cincinnati. Are we a better job than Cincinnati? I think we could take Cincinnati's coach. I just think Fickle's smart enough to know that it that would be just we would just be another stop that he doesn't need to. Uh, uh, He's he, not an average Cincinnati coach. Yeah, exactly. He's the coach who took Cincinnati to the college football playoff. Yeah. His next stop is going to be if it's not Ohio State, it's going to be somebody cut from the same cloth as Ohio State. Plus, the last few Cincinnati coaches have taken jobs probably better than us anyway. They, and they've been good. Yeah, well, that was it. Michigan State and who was the one? I mean, before? Brian Kelly went to Notre Dame, didn't he? From, he right from Cincinnati. Was that what he went to? Was it Cincinnati Notre Dame? I thought he had some more between. Be right, right. I think right. he went right from Cincinnati to Notre Dame. Okay, so yeah, I mean that's yeah, <laughs> two school, two programs better than us. <laughs> Debatable. Mean, well, I mean you can debate Michigan. We have both lost to Marshall at home in the last uh, yeah, well, we ten years. Something in common, I guess. Yeah. Texture says <laughs> uh, um, with 
do you have more faith in Ruben Owens playing multiple seasons at UofL or more faith in Misha Barton making a comeback? Uh, Misha well, Barton tried to make a comeback. It failed. She went on that the Hills reunion show. It was terrible. Yeah, I don't know who Misha Barton is. She was on the OC um, okay. back in the day. She was a child actor. She was in Sixth Sense, but she really popped going on the OC and became like a the it girl. Women, the the kid from the kid from the, the saw dead people in Sixth Sense is a girl now. She was one of the dead people in. Oh, Sixth Sense. okay. It was okay. her first acting job. She was the, the dead kid who vomited, threw up. I the ghost. Thought Sixth Sense was overrated. Um, so I go with Ruben Owens. Although I saw his every time I see his highlights, I like. Well, for what oh it's worth, so good. As long as he comes here, we get him multiple seasons. I guess, unless he transfers after like his freshman year. Well, I guess, yeah, you got a point to that. I didn't think about that With one, the no-transfer yeah. rule. But, I mean, yeah, he has to, by rule, I mean, unless he or redshirts his freshman year and he's only he loses a redshirt sophomore, but, yeah. I mean, you can attest to this. We've done the show together this entire offseason. You've heard me say this a million times about how I don't want to just keep Satterfield for the sake of keeping the recruiting class together. I don't right? either. I've said it a million times. Every time I watch his highlights, though, I'm like, Start to consider it. I'm like, I would do anything to get this guy to play. Like, he's the type of guy that we just never get. Like, did you see the highlights from his last game? He's unbelievable. Mm. He's so good. And I've, I'm just terrified. He's I'm, not, we're not going to ever see him play at Cardinal. I'm Stadium. afraid I don't want to watch it just in case we he's don't get him. So good. And then I'm just going to be like, oh, there's that that Louisville tease all over he's again. He's that type of player that we just we never ever get. And outside of like Michael Bush, and. If it falls through at the last second for whatever reason, if, it, if, it's, if it's like we're not good enough or this guy's better than Eric Shelton. He's the number one running back in America. I mean, He's, Shelton was a high recruit, though, too. I'm just saying. This kid is outrageously good. And Shelton also went to Florida State first before he came. He did. You're right. He did. I just feel like it's not worth keeping Satterfield, but I can under I can see through the eyes of the people who say, if he goes five and seven, just keep him anyway. We gotta get these kids on campus. You are infatuated with Ruben Owens. He's boy. so good. You do you do love him. I love the five oh two tattoo. Texas says, I'm sure that I'm older than both of you. I believe my grandma who lived down around U of L in the sixties uh, used to get Erler's milk delivered to her doorsteps. I did not know that they made Erler's milk. Like like milkmen would deliver Erler's milk. Well you didn't know milkman delivered milk though? You well, knew yeah, that. Yeah, part, of course right? I knew that. Okay. Yeah, and Dexter, I believe you probably are older than both of us at that point. Yeah, we 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 didn't have milk delivery men when I was growing up. I'm not that old. We're I'm past old, that a little bit. I'm old enough to be sent to the store by my buddy's mom to buy her cigarettes and be and the guy selling them to me, but I'm not old enough for that. <laughs> right, you have to call Nick Curran. Oh yeah, we got Nick Curran coming on next to talk a little fast baseball. I'll read a uh, a couple texts here before we get Nick on the air. Texas, we will beat USF, BC, UVA, James Madison, then split with Pitt and Wake, finish 6-6, six and six and retain Coach Satterfield. If he keeps the whole recruiting class together, then he deserves the chance to coach those guys coming. the class. This class could change the way Louisville football plays and recruits going forward for years. It could, but what, what what's happening? What What's happening? Do you not hear anything? What's wrong? You're, you're very loud. You, I think you hit a, you hit a button. <laughs> what was that? It's still very loud. I don't know what you hit when you. Were, I know what I did. I don't know either. Do, do you have? Nick well, on I the do line? know. That's what I'm doing. It's just a mess. Oh, okay, thank God. There's a talkback button. Actually, I, I put my phone down to look, read the number off the phone, and I, I laid it on that button. I was like, if you can't fix this, it's going to be a rough final hour of the show. By the way, that texter is the guy who's going to be all poor Satterfield again if we win three in a row. That's what he said. He's, yeah. He said he's, he's all in if we go six and six, which I'm not. But I also I don't think it's a ridiculous stance. I can see it. I just. I'm not there personally. I also can see that 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 exact scenario 
transpiring. Like, I feel like we are headed towards, we've always been headed towards the ultimate awkward season. The, the second that we brought it up as a possibility last January, you knew we were headed there. You knew it was going to be, there's no way to avoid the awkwardness of he's good enough to, just good enough to not make it clear and dry that you have to fire him, but not good enough to leave anybody in the fan base satisfied with the season. And in that case, the debate comes down to whether or not you just keep him for the sake of keep, keeping the recruiting class together, which is awkward as hell. It's what we wanted to avoid with at least a 7-5, and 8-4, and four, hopefully better type season. It doesn't seem like we're headed that way. And if that doesn't happen, you'd almost rather have a 3-9, and 4-8 and eight type season to not make this weird. And you know it's going to be weird because it, we can't do anything that's not weird. Texture says, uh, Mark Bell has to step up. Would love to see... Would love to see Mark Bell on the field. Promising freshman. I think he's definitely going to see some playing time. I think Jalen Carter is going to be out there as well. The manual former walk-on who now is a, a scholarship player. Um, best man's going to get some reps. We'll see. Do we have Kern on the, on the line here? Yeah, he is ready to rock and roll. Let's bring him in here. You know him as the voice of Louisville Bats baseball. He's also the voice of UofL women's basketball. You'll be able to hear him uh, calling those games on 1450 The Big X this winter. You can hear him tonight, uh, once again, calling Louisville Bats baseball as you can pretty much every night with Trevor Kelsey on the ones and the twos. Not tonight, but he was last night. It's Nick Curran. Uh, Nick, welcome back into the show. How are you, my friend? Doing wonderful, Mike. How are you? Doing well. Kind of a wild night last night there at, at, uh, at Slugger Field. I know that Trevor was keeping me updated. Bats fall behind eight nothing. Stage a uh, kind of an exciting comeback, but fall a little bit short. Sounded like it was a it was an interesting game. It was. It was a really interesting game. Nashville's been the best team uh, in the league really most of the year, and um, still are. And jumped out to an eight nothing lead. Graham Ashcraft started on rehab from the Red, so. That was exciting. Looked to be pretty darn healthy. Fastball velocity was in the upper 90s throughout the night, but I got unlucky. A lot of dink hits for uh, for Nashville, and three errors from the bats over the first two innings led to quite a few unearned runs. And then uh, the defense shored up, and the bats got going offensively and scored six to to make it a game, and ended up falling by two. It was an exciting game. Certainly uh, fun to see them get back in it and. Isaiah Gilliam of the Bats tripled twice in the game, which matches the franchise record the 18th time. Somebody has tripled twice in a game for the Bats, which is uh, an interesting uh, record to be part of for him. I love it. Uh, now, now, Trevor and I were talking about the schedule before you came on, and this is the the final homestand of the season, which, by the way, I hear Gwinnett is lovely this time of year, um, so enjoy that next Should week. Be. It's going to be fantastic. Late September in Gwinnett is is. Yeah, they've written songs about that. But when you look at the schedule, I feel like you and I were just talking about the beginning of the season, you know, back in April. And from an outsider's perspective, I feel like the season always, you stare it down in April, and it seems so long, and then you get to the end of September, and it seems like it's gone by so fast. Do you, like, it's easy for me to say that. For you, who's there every single night following the team on the road, does it feel quick, or, or do you feel like this season has been a little bit of a drag? Uh, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> I think it's... Uh, yeah, you always look back once you get to this point and it feels like it's gone by in the blink of an eye. Uh, there are a lot of moments <laughs> as you move along throughout the season where it's like, goodness gracious, it feels like it's just a grind and uh, doesn't go. But but for sure, from, from now looking back, uh, under 10 games left now, and um, it, it definitely does, sitting with eight to go. And in this time, it always you kind of look back and you're like, holy cow, how did, how did we get here already? Um, and this year, even more so uh, because of a, for me personally, women's basketball Final Four run, um, you know, that, that ended on a Friday night 
We flew home on Saturday from Minneapolis. And then Sunday I was here at the ballpark getting everything that I hadn't quite gotten ready to go, ready to go. And we started up on Tuesday. So there was like a few days in between. And so it's been basically go, go, go nonstop for, uh, well, since early March. And, um, and that's, you know, um, it, it, it does fly by because you're constantly in it and, and, um, yeah, it, it's long, and it always looks long at the beginning, but when you get to the end and you're like, man, that, that did just completely fly by. You blink, and it's, and it's the end of the season. It would be nice if that Jeff Walls could give you like at least one early exit. Just, just a couple of nice weeks, uh, nice weeks off, but he's, you know, he's, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can mention that to him if you'd like. <laughs> I will not. Uh, I, would, I would not do that. Uh, I, I enjoy doing those games a lot, and I don't think that would help me continue to do it. Let's talk uh, tonight. Uh, Bats looking to snap a four-game losing streak. I believe you can hear the game, by the way, right here, 1450 The Big X, 635, first pitch against Nashville. I believe they're doing – is it the, they're going back to the Los Murcielagos tonight, uh, bat style? Yep, Copa night, uh, number three, Murcielagos, unis, very popular uh, look for the team, and they'll be wearing those. It's dollar menu night as well tonight. So dollars hot, dollar hot dogs, Pepsi products, popcorn, chips, and um, also a special Tuesday night edition of Margarita Madness. So five dollar margaritas tonight from Number One Tequila. So it'll be a a great night and a beautiful night. It'll be warm. Folks can make it out uh, for all that, and uh, should be a fun one. Uh, Levi Stout pitching tonight for the bats who was one of the uh, players that they got back, the Reds did, in the trade that sent Luis Castillo to the Mariners. He looked great his last time out. This will be his third outing off of an injury, but he looked stellar his last time. So excited to see what uh, what he brings to the mound tonight. Now we've got uh, first pitches the next three nights are all 635, then 705 on Friday, 105 on uh, Saturday afternoon here. It's the last chance you can get out and see the bats at, at Slugger Field. What other promotions do we have going on for the rest of this homestand, Nick? Yeah, uh, there's a lot. Tomorrow night, uh, the, the kind of normal Wednesdays here, uh, half-price tickets for seniors. It's also wine slushy Wednesday, $5 wine slushies tomorrow night. So those are always popular. Uh, Thursday night, the $2 beer happy hour, obviously a very, uh, very popular thing. Um, that'll be here on Thursday. Friday is Hops and Hounds. So uh, second one we've done this year. Uh, Friday night, the uh, dogs can come out along with uh, a bunch of craft breweries will be out here, special tickets available to sample some of the best craft beer in town with your dog in the outfield. not saying your dog should sample the craft beer. You can do that and have your dog with you. Um, But it'll be a a fun night. They've been really popular, the ones we've done. We did it for the first time last year, had one earlier this year, and and now this one, and uh, it's it's really popular. A new element added to this Friday. Um, after the game, there will be a special walk your dog around the bases uh, post game. So that'll be a unique thing, and then a, a special Friday night kids run the bases as well um, after the dogs finish up. So uh, both of those things really cool. Looking forward to Friday, and then Saturday, the last home game of the year, kind of winds it up here. Uh, 105, and there's a very special ticket package available batsbaseball.com uh, for as low as ten dollars. Folks can uh, can buy tickets uh, using a promo code Finale and get uh, all you can eat. Uh, in addition to the tickets, so you get the tickets, and then there's special all you can eat concession stands um, throughout the ballpark. So 
a great opportunity to come out one more time and a, and a great value and hoping to, to pack it here on Saturday for the last the last home game of the year. And then, as you mentioned, the bats off to Gwinnett for three to, to wrap up the season. Now, I don't know if you know this about Trevor, but you may have to get some, like, do not allow, allow this man into the premises uh, posters around Slugger Field for the dogs walking around the base this night because Trevor famously on the show has announced that he does not pick up after his dog in his backyard because he claims that the the dog poop is of the earth and it fertilizes the yard. It's good enough for Marge shot. It's so <laughs> you're not Marge. You don't own the bats, Trevor. So first of all, your your thoughts on I mean, on that, Nick? How ridiculous is it? And second of all, we've got to keep this man off the field at all costs. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know the science on that, and and it, <laughs> it, it, it might fertilize uh, the yard. But the the issue is uh, we have to play a game here. Uh, you know, a few hours after that, the following day. So, um, yeah, I, and I don't know the logistics of that. Frankly, that is a question I had when I found out dogs were going to be walking around the bases after the game. Um, I'm guessing we'll have someone in charge of that. So, um, I'm hoping it's not me. It won't be me. That would be in charge of of picking all of that up. Uh, it would obviously not be you, Trevor, because uh, it doesn't sound like he doesn't. doesn't sound like it would be getting picked up. He does. So. Now, Nick, you mentioned uh, you, yeah. you, you, you mentioned you had to go straight from you know the, the women's basketball season into bats baseball. Do you at least get a little bit of time off uh, once this baseball season wraps up? I know your daughter. I saw on Twitter she just turned uh, one. Happy birthday to her! That's that's very very cool. I'm hoping you're going to get to spend a little bit more family time coming up once this season wraps. Yeah, we we've got a lot of stuff planned in October as a family. There is a Disney World trip uh, oh. coming up in the month of October, which will be huge. Uh, my parents, my wife Amanda's parents, all going uh, in addition to young Eliza. Uh, and so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, th- there'll be a little downtime in October. Um, so looking forward to that. And then uh, with the season as late as it goes now in minor league baseball, uh, not a ton of time, but uh, the first women's basketball game of the year is November 7th, a Monday, and Cincinnati will be in town. And and there we go. We're back in it. Obviously, it's a it's a different kind of uh, season there. Um, so not nearly the grind that that baseball becomes with with just the everyday nature to it. But um, it'll be that'll be here before we know it too. And, and looking forward to that. Uh, he is Nick Kern. Follow him on Twitter at Nick Kern thirty five, the voice of Bass Baseball. You'll hear him uh, at six oh five tonight as the coverage starts for tonight's game against Nashville. First pitch at six thirty five, and make it out to the ballpark at some point in these next four days the last time you're going to get a chance to see the bats this season in 2022. Nick, as always, thanks so much for the time, man, and we'll uh, be listening to you here shortly. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Nick Curran there, voice of Bats Baseball. Again, Bats in action tonight against Nashville, looking to snap a four-game losing streak. The last four home games of the 2022 season are coming up these next four days. Make it out to Slugger Field if you can. Five, I should say, Tuesday through Saturday. We're good to go. I've always wanted to take my dogs to one of the dog park not dog park, well, dog park too, but like one of the, the dogs at the park kind of games. I just, I don't know. I just, I, one, I just, it'd be, I, don't, I feel like it'd be mean to, 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 the, to the dogs because they want to run around and get, get keep them controlled and get keep them kind of close to you. I just, I don't know. I just couldn't do it. Have you ever done it with one of your puppies? No. Um, Penny. Plus, I'm lazy. Yeah, P- Penny's not great with with crowds and other dogs. Like she's, we did stuff with her originally, and she was kind of okay. But it was sort of for, like we took her down like Hillcrest one Halloween, and we took her to you know they had dog day at the zoo and stuff. Like we did stuff like that. But she's, she would be great in that. Environment. That's from Torm. See, Arya is like would bark at 
everybody. Yeah, Penny would go nuts. And then if so I could take Khaleesi, but Khaleesi's a complete slut. And like she'll just run up to everybody and like just want to jump on everybody and and get lovings from everybody and play with the other dogs and, and it's great, but it's kind of a you know to keep her contained is a little easier said than done because she's like 116, 120 pounds and she's a big girl. She's a big girl, yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. Hey, I'm a little let me in the bones. All right, big thanks to Nick for stopping by. We have uh, one more segment of the show. We'll take a break. We'll come back here. We'll read some text. We'll uh, wrap this thing up. People still have thoughts on the football side of things, and we'll take those thoughts. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues next here on 1450 and 961. It's the Big X. Magic and mystery are part of their history, along with the secret of gummy berry juice. Kids is growing, they take pride in knowing they'll fight for what's right in whatever they do. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. This guy was in Toto. Was he? Yeah. Was he the one that's dating Rosanna? I have no idea. He's in Toto. Listen to that in college a lot. <laughs> what did you do in college? Get, now, re- get now, real messed up. Now, I, the now I know how you didn't make it through law school. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do in law school? Listen to a lot of gummy bears. <laughs> I just remember, like, I made it a point. Like I said on Twitter, I was like, I just always imagine somebody who had this this grand dream for their entire life of being like the biggest musical act in the world, and then suddenly one day they find themselves in a recording studio belting out. Magic and mystery are part of Wait, their no, history. No, I thought that, uh, and then I looked it up. Somebody was like, "That guy was in Toto." And I'm like, "There's no way." And I looked it up. He is in fact in Toto. I thought that. I thought that was your thought process for the guy who did Ass Man for Billy Gunn. That's who. <laughs> same same exact line of thought. When you, you're talking about this in your college, there's the uh, what was the Family Guy when he was that he was he was being in high school and he got grounded and he ran up to his room and he, he's like Dwayne Allman, what would you do in this moment? It was Greg Allman. He goes, and then the poster comes alive. He goes, Lock Coke, married a girl named Cher. Wouldn't recommend either one. <laughs> yeah, that guy who sings the song is Joseph Williams. Okay. He's the son of John Williams, the famous composer. Oh, does, I didn't know yeah. his son was in Toto. Now, is he the lead singer of Toto? Couldn't tell you. Because I know Toto. I mean, he also did, uh, he, he was the, vo- the singing voice of Simba in Hakuna Matata and Can You Feel the Love Tonight in The Lion King. I thought that was um, Elton John. No. Elton John sings Can You Feel the Love Tonight, but he's the voice of Simba. Oh, he and, sings. oh that sings. So who yeah. does the voice of Simba that doesn't sing? I don't know. Is Matthew Broderick? Some dude. Yeah, I think it was Matthew Broderick. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. But props to that guy. He made quite a career for himself. Joseph Williams. Joseph? Son of John Williams. I don't even see Joseph Williams listed on the band for Toto. Well. I see. Oh, there he is. Okay, he's right about, I was, never mind. I was looking at past members. He's still currently a member. There you go. He may not. Have, I think what it was, he like wasn't on. He didn't sing Africa. I think he joined the band like after they were good. 
after he had his gummy bear success. He, he hooked up with Toto. <laughs> they picked him up. They were like, we we need to research. No one's listening to no one's listening to Africa. Or, we got to get the gummy bears guy. Yeah, we got <laughs> we got to get that gummy bears guy. It's the only thing that can bring us back. It says he joined the band in 1986. There you go. <laughs> they formed in 1977. See? That gives you an idea. 86, I guess. So that must have been, yeah, post uh, Diana, uh, Diana, uh, Rosanna and, and stuff. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sox line. We'll take uh, as many texts as we can here. Again, we're out of here early today, 5 o'clock. We'll have Jody Demling, the Cardinal Insider, from 5 to 6. And then Nick Curran and Louisville Bats Baseball, cover starting at 6.05. First pitch at 6.35. Texas says, my daughter and I watched the original 90s Spider-Man on Disney Plus that came that came on Fox Kids Saturday mornings. Yeah, but she won't get into, like, the... She doesn't like Spider-Man, period. She yeah. Won't, she won't watch the new ones. She doesn't like it. Like, that. that's one that doesn't hold up. Like, I used to love going... We run home, and... Like, the Fox cartoons, you get, like, you know, uh, Rescue Rangers and uh, DuckTales. They do hold up, by the way. They do. They're great. Uh, but, like, I, another one of my favorites was X-Men, the cartoon. Was one, I, I, really, I was never actually in the comics, but I love that X-Men cartoon. That does not help. That is campy and cheesy as hell. Texas podcast list. Oh, there's the KRC text. KRC text. Where's the KRC tailgate meetup spot for the Ole Miss game? Ooh, good question. Oh, they're not going. No, nobody's going down there. No, no UK fans are going to the Ole Miss game. Don't, <laughs> don't even go. It's over. I don't, that's a good question because... It, now, do you feel bad for UK fans? Because they've... Why? Like, this is the game that they, you know... All I heard when, oh, yeah, when they yeah. sold tickets back to Florida for that trip, they were like, well, all UK fans have picked the Ole Miss game as a road trip. We haven't played in Oxford in 12 years. We want to go tailgate in the Grove. It's a big-time game, it's nationally ranked teams. And then ESPN announces it's a nooner. I know. It's, I, I, I genuinely feel bad for some of their fans that are going down there because if I was making that trip, if I'd like been excited for this all summer, and then I realized I've only got like 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. to tailgate, and not really get the full Grove experience, it would kind of suck. Yeah, and when you start at 7 a.m., it's not the same, right? It's not. I mean— is there, What other games are this weekend in the, in the, in the SEC that would, that would that trump the They UK got not—because the big game is, I think, Alabama-Arkansas, which is the 3.30 CBS game. And then it came—I think LSU-Auburn is the one that they thought, because, hey, we're the better game. We're going to get the night the night slate. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. And then they're like, yeah, but it's a bigger draw. They actually probably are the better game between but those it's, three. But they're not the bigger draw. But Arkansas, yeah. I mean, Alabama's just too big a draw. And, well, no, that game, nobody's comparing them to. Well, even, I they even, thought they were going to get late night because they they thought they were the better game than LSU-Auburn. But uh, And they are the better game. But LSU-Auburn's still a bigger a national TV yeah. draw. And that's why they get the, the late night kick. Well, Kentucky's done getting enough credits. The Stoops getting mad again all over because now even, even the SC Network thinks they're a basketball program. I mean, they are. They're good at football right now. I don't even think they're a basketball program. I think they're a rifling program. Um, How's the uh, little uh, Fitbit going there? It's fine. The, the Clemson game, like, I, I can sort of relate. Like, when we were going down there in 2014, like, both teams had gotten off to a little bit of a slower start than expected, and I was terrified they were going to make it a noon start. And thankfully, it was a 3.30 kick. And then when we went back there in 2016, it was the game day game, so it was 8 o'clock on ABC, which was awesome. Um, but I would have been very pissed if it had been that early. Texter says, um, they're giving them jets, honey. They're making them run. But by God, they aren't teaching them. They're just punishing them and hoping they learn. What a joke. Is that a reference to something other than the, what than what Satterfield said? I think they just responded to Satterfield. Okay. There's this Brown sounds like Ross McMain's talking about the team moving the ball on offense at this point. <laughs> I can see that comparison, too. We're getting good shots. Well. Not a guy you want to be compared to, right? At some point. <laughs> 
At some point, we've got to figure out how to put the ball in the basket. At some point, we've got to tackle. <laughs> you know, we all laughed at the, the, the Florida State linebackers for being like, you know, you get, you got to get him on the ground. When you get him on the ground, he can't make a play. When you get him on the ground, the play ends. When you get him on the ground, he can't hurt you anymore. He's not wrong. If, maybe if our guys had more of that approach, we wouldn't be missing tackles. I think we're 120th in the country in terms of tackle. Well, our guys skipped the whole get him on the ground part. They were like, all we got to do is get around him. If we touch him, he's if good, right? If we touch right? him, it's just black football, right? I mean, I'm excited to be in the same general vicinity as the guy when he's got the ball. I mean, when people get near our quarterback without touching him, he panics and throws the ball to bat and makes bat throws. So why don't theirs? Texas Tiny Toons and the Animaniacs universe of shows were all great back in the day. Tiny oh, Toons, because I love Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons was the Ducky then. That's right. You're right. That was yeah. the Elvira. Elvira. The Elvira and Ducky were Tiny Toons. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because they were right next to each other at like that four o'clock, three o'clock hour, and I, that's why I always got them kind of mixed up. I was a little older for those, but I think I was, I want to say it was in eighth grade when they came out, but it was still, it was, it still, I found it funny. Like I'd, I'd come home from school and sometimes and watch that stuff. I rented the Tiny Toons, like music video VHS from Blockbuster probably 30 times. <laughs> that and then the, the summer movie they had, because they said at one point, Plucky said hell. And no, that, that was a huge, like, no, thing the bigger was one was one, the one, the alcohol episode. That's been banned. Oh, has it? The one where they drink beer? Yes, they had they that. had Tiny Toons drinking beer. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, they had them. I guess, what was the, um, it was, well, I mean, uh, Bugs and who was the girl? and, and um, Bugs and Buster Bunny. Okay. Babs. 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 Think it. They, they found like, a, they, they took a beer out of the, mo- out of the parents' fridge. It was them two and Ducky, and they all started drinking on the beer and got drunk and, and got into mischief. And people were just utterly pissed about it. It's been banned. I don't remember that. You could Google it. Like, I believe you. It. But, I mean, it's one of those, like, one of the, there are a few episodes that have been, like, like wiped from, like, not existence because you can, I'm sure you can find them if you look hard enough. But, like, in, in terms of their DVD collections and syndication, they've taken them out of rotation. This is my text of the day so far. We have new text of the day. Text is when, when I heard my wife cheated on me, I was devastated. But when I checked the nanny cam, I was excited to see they only made it to third base. (laughs) (laughs) In the right position. Texture says. That gets my vote, too. That's good. Texture says, Satterfield doesn't want to be fired, but is there any evidence that he likes it or he wants to be here? No, and I keep saying that. You say he doesn't want to be fired? I don't think he wants to be fired. I think he wants to keep his job, but I think he would trade this for any number of other jobs. I don't think he's happy here. I mean, I agree. He probably doesn't want to be fired. It's just hard to argue that when you watch him coach. I mean, it's also hard <laughs> to argue that he's like over the top about making Louisville into a powerful football program. Cause he certainly doesn't have that type of emotion. No, or any emotion at all. Texas. I'm pretty sure that Ragone isn't calling the plays in Atlanta. He might not be. Arthur Smith was the OC at, at, uh, at Houston, Tennessee before he came over. I mean, that's kind of, that's how, I mean, I hate to, I, I, I love Dave Ragone, but like, Arthur, if anybody other than Arthur Smith gets that job, he's probably a, 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 a position coach somewhere else right now. Because mm. his Bears time was coming to a, Bears fans on, uh, you go like on, when they replaced Nagin, he was like one of the few people they kept on staff. Like, Twitter Bears fans were like furious. Like, why are we keeping this guy? So and Arthur Smith had the connection to them from their Titans days. I think that's that's kind of how he got the job. He because he knew Arthur Smith, and I'm sure Arthur liked him. And I mean, they, you'll see that all the time. Look at like Sirianni did. I mean, he came over here. He brought all the guys that he that were position coaches and below with him when he was, 
you know, all his buddies for his first job. It's kind of how it works in the NFL. Texas, in the director's cut alternate ending of the FSU game, Brock Doman scored on a two-point conversion as time expired to pull the cards out of win. So pretty obvious why Coach Brian Brown was stoked. <laughs> they were excited about the video when they saw it. It was fine. They Te- clearly watched a video I didn't watch. <laughs> Texas says Tom Herman kisses his players on the lips. Well, no, he kisses them on the cheeks. I don't. You it's went, still you, very weird. You're winning nine and ten games. You can French them for all I care. Texas, if Tom Herman's wife agrees not to kiss every player, I would I would consider it. Tom Herman's wife. The kissing what? is weird. The, the, the kissing thing needs to stop. I mean, I agree with that in general. Like I'm like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like. Would you kiss Tom Herman's wife? Yeah. <laughs> it's a reason for him to come in your eyes. I mean, is she cute? She's, she's not unattractive. I probably could have asked that before I said yes, but you know, beggars. You were you were very in. Beggars. You didn't, you didn't even need yeah. to know. You need no additional details. I I am I'm I am anti the adult man kissing the uh, the, the teenage boy though. <laughs> I mean, in more if I, if I didn't establish that last week, <laughs> I'm establishing it more today. Yeah. <laughs> like when Cream does, I like, I don't know. Like I'm also not a fan of like the the, the dad kissing his son even. I mean, come on. Like, just get a high five and a hug. I'm a, I'm too boomer for that. Texas says, we're ass, my dudes. I think it's most telling that my biggest fear is that we go 6-6 six and six and have to sit through another year of this. My assumption is that even at 6-6, six and six, we'll be blown out in the back half of our schedule, and that will force a change. Yep. Wow. Also says, Satterfield was also undefeated in bowl games before he got here and had gone to a bowl every year App was eligible. Yeah, but, bowl, I mean, being undefeated in bowl games at App State and being undefeated in bowl games at Texas is a little bit different, I think. Especially when one of those wins was a sugar bowl. Who did he beat? I mean, he didn't beat anybody... Overly impressive, did he? Talking about Herman or, or Satterfield? Satterfield. I don't even know who Herman beat. I mean, back-to-back Alamo Bowls, I'm assuming he's beating middle-of-the-pack middle, middle of the pack Power Pop Conference teams anyway. I know he won a Sugar Bowl, and I just can't remember who they played. because No, he did. No, Herman's did. I know, yeah. Outside of, you know, playoff games now, I, do you really remember big bowl games? Uh, let's see. Was Sat beat Ohio? They beat uh, Toledo. They beat Georgia. And Toledo. Texas beat Georgia in the 2019 Sugar Bowl. Okay, yeah. I mean, I sugar bought it would have been good, yeah. yeah. for sure. But that's a lot better in Ohio, Toledo, and Toledo. Texas, what about offering Urban Meyer $10 million? No. I, I don't want Urban Meyer. I don't want Urban Meyer. I don't. No. I don't. I don't want Urban Meyer. I don't want Hugh Freeze. I know some oh, fans. Oh, God, no. There, there are some fans who are saying, like, I, who wants I'd Hugh go Freeze? crazy for Hugh Freeze. I'm like, come on. We have to have at least a little bit of self-respect here. Well, but, but I know when, we brought Petrino back. Why did Hugh Freeze suddenly become some, like, like Saved your coach too as well. He's he he gets results. There's no question I about mean, it. But how there's a, there's got to be a limit. I mean, was he? I mean, I don't remember him being that great at Ole Miss. I mean, yeah. Texas get Dion cheated every time every five seconds he had. Texas Dion Sanders can't afford Fickle. Uh, his salary is five million dollars a year, and since he's going to the Big Twelve, also get Dion Sanders and recruiting will get even better. I'm not diametrically opposed to Dion Sanders coming in. I just I don't know where this is all. I don't even know if this is an option. I don't know why like Louisville fans have just jumped on this. That's what I was asking yesterday. I was like, why has this become like he's the name that you hear from the fan base right after you talk about Brom and Ragone and the other guys that would just seem to make sense as, as top options. And Dion seems to be right after them. So I don't know why, but I'm not opposed to it. It'd be it certainly uh, would be fun. I mean, see, it'd be an experiment. That's to say the least. It'd be a more fun experiment than the one we're in right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Texas, if we go five and seven or six and six, is there any chance that we could keep Satterfield on a one year contract to keep the recruits and not have a large buyout? I can't imagine that Jimmy Sexton would agree to that. 
I, I he's going to push for if if you're going to keep him if you want this recruiting class that bad you're giving him more than a few years and I'm not how sure much, I mean, he's got more how many years he got left on his current contract I think this is it I, I think he's going to need an extension like after this year yeah <sighs> somehow can that fax get lost why can we just not make this weird <laughs> why why couldn't we just we, we could just do be, anything we could have been normal. 3-0, and we'd be, we'd be blowing smoke up our butt thinking we'd have a chance in the back half. Which That's probably, all I wanted. We still wouldn't have a chance, but we could at least have a, the imagination that we thought we might. But no. No, on other, and instead, we, we're one and two, and we're just we're as miserable as we, we realize that we are. And it's, I think about his contract runs out uh, the end of December 2024, so he's still got a couple more years. But the buyout is... can't be that high, just that close to the end. Yeah, it's, it's going to go down. But they're gonna want an extension. Like, if you keep them around, you're gonna you're not gonna be able to just be like, hey, we're gonna play out the last two years of the contract. Like, they're going to demand something more. But Hugh Freeze did improve every year, technically, sorta. He went seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, ten wins, then dropped to five, and then left because he had been cheating the entire time. Yeah. I uh, we kept I kept calling him Mark Bell. It's Chris Bell. Is the the freshman receiver? Well, see, Mark Bell was the starting point guard for Western Kentucky when they lost in the Sweet Sixteen. I got tops on mine. Got tops on mine. Also, when I got to Westport, the rumor was is he only he's the only eighth grader to drive to Westport. That was that was the story when I got to Westport because he, I want to say he was a he was at he was at Western at the time. He went to Bowdy. He, he was he started with Allen Houston at Bowdy. I remember the name. Yeah. Texas, I'm really hoping that, quote, good enough for Marge Shot is not a quote that Trevor makes a habit of using. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are coincidences, you know, side short of the racist Nazi part. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're bo- we both kind of sound alike. We both have sagging breasts. We both have dogs that poop on fields. Similar diets. We're both we're bo- what? Similar diets. Similar, yeah, I mean, of nicotine and, and, and alcohol. You know, I mean, we, we, we're, we're, in, we're in the same kind of boat. Texas, does Nick Kern replace Paul Rogers when he retires? Is he the heir apparent? I think probably. That'd be nice. That'd be my, that's my guess. If I had to guess, I think Nick's probably next in line. Yeah, make it through a few more rough bat seasons. He does a great job. He's, he he's really good at what he does. Texas Gummy Bears, what a banger. Yeah. <laughs> Mike said flashing bleep. Can you say flashing bleep on the radio? I'm not sure. After, right after I said it, I'm like, is that okay? Uh, you know what? I, I thought so too, but then again, I've said some more stuff. So. Yeah. We've we've clearly said worse on the radio. But right after I said it, I was like, is that it felt so innocent at the time and then I thought more about it. I'm like, eh. It's like that uh the from the show Dave. See, I'm now afraid to say his rap name. I don't even know if I can say that. But his jail song kinda covers that a little bit. Anyway. Oh, you can say little Dicky. Can I okay. Yeah, it's his name. Okay, there you go. Cockamander. We said that that was his name. <laughs> We're just talking about names. Yeah, the name failed though. But it, but it should have won. It should have won. It, it really, could have won. It, it might have won. Texas, instead of discussing losses on the show, can you all just sing cartoon theme songs from the 80s and 90s? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, what, what we got next? If we lose to South Florida next week on Duck Monday. DuckTales, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Every day they're out and running. DuckTales. If we lose, if we lose the USF on Saturday, Monday show will just be us singing songs from not just cartoon shows, but we'll, I can do like uh, Salute Your Shorts. I can do, we do TV themes in general. Stonk from our youth. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nothing but what wild and crazy kids. <laughs> That'll be the whole show. Because I don't want to talk about the game. Hey, dude. And this seems a little weird, a little strange when you live your heart out on the range. <laughs> Texas Titus and Tate said that Kentucky was college football playoff good. Get that out of my face. 
we'll find out. I mean, that's yeah. I don't know. I if it like, expanded already, then yeah, they're in. Oh, you don't I don't think they're that. going. You don't to. even know that for sure. Well, right now, yeah, they're a top ten team, twelve team playoff. They're probably. Let's see if they do against a good old Miss team this weekend. Terrence is, is pinky in the brain an analogy for Brown and Sat? Well, one has to be the brain. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's just pinky and pinky. Just a different kind of pinky. <laughs> Texas says we're tiny, we're toony, we're all a little loony. That's a good one. Yep. Texas says it's not sucky, it's plucky. Whoops, I meant ducky. Yeah, it's plucky. I thought it was ducky. It's plucky. Oh, I thought it was ducky. Plucky's the duck. Plucky is a bad boy. I love Ducky. I keep wanting to call him ducky. That was my water go down the hole. I pressed the button. Yeah. I pressed the button. Keys go down the hole. Texas says, I understand that this can be a silly argument when improperly used, but to expand on the sat not seeming happy here, does he ever actually seem fired up and driven? It always felt like such fake juice. I agree. The only time I've seen him excited or emotion is when he was mad about L's down. And even that was, he wasn't like over that emotional. He was just kind of like whining about it. But that was the most emotion we've seen from him, right? No. When has he been emotional outside of that? Every now and then you see him that kind of yell in silence, but it's never enough. It's never, and I, I get the. It seems like if we're winning, nobody cares about it. Like he's, it's a different type of style, but he just never seems like he never seems to care as much as we do. <laughs> Which is a sad thing to say. That's really, what I'm looking for in a coach, pretty much. I mean, I, I want you to care. You should care more than I do. I would think so. That's why you're getting paid six million dollars. Terry says, what do you bet that we make USF's quarterback look like Tom Brady? Well, he's already very good. Yeah, it's Terry Bahan, kid, kid from Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, He's very good. And they just got their best wide receiver back this week who's been out. We're going to freaking lose, aren't we? No. I, I, no. I don't think we, we are. We beat, aren't we? But we can make him look good because he is pretty good. We're going to lose. Texas, if Sad is here next year, does Brian Brown stay on staff? I feel like he does, but should he? I mean, at this point, you just have to assume Satterfield's going down with Brian Brown, right? Like, this, this, it's not going to change. If he if he keeps his job, yeah, Brown's keeping his job. He fired him at this point. I mean, gosh. Even though I did kind of, I mean, I mean, maybe he is still setting us up for the the, the, the the coordinator of falling the sword delay that he didn't do last year like we were supposed to, and he's going to do it this Too year late now. For it. I mean, Nobody's buying it if he does. Texas Tom Herman, the Richard Dawson of college athletics. <laughs> oh. If that's the case, I'm one. I love Richard Dawson. Texas says, the reason why I'm not in favor of Tom Herman is he runs the same run-first offense that Satterfield does. We need a modern Sean McVay look. I disagree with that. I, I'm, I have no problem with the, the offense Satterfield runs. just a matter of what's executed properly. Texas says, don't you think with Satterfield that we would be in the top 25 once every five years? Well, we've been in the top 25 for like a brief period a couple of times. What was that? Did I sneeze that week? Well, we were in there for the COVID year, and then Miami came into town for a game day before everybody else started playing. It was got, week two. We got our ass beat. Yeah, we were in the top 25. That was week two. <laughs> That's what I said, briefly. Two years ago. <laughs> I'm answering the question, Trev. He said once in the top in every five years. We've been there once, at least. <laughs> it was just not very fun. Texas, can you sing the different strokes name? Well, the world don't turn to the beat of just one drum. What might be right for you may not be right for some. A man is born. He's a man of truth. And along come to. And he got nothing but the genes, something like that. <laughs> but he got different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes to rule the world. All right, real quick. We have like two Everybody's minutes there. Two minutes there. We got to go. Everybody's got kind of story. Everybody's got a time to shine. By the way, no Ducky, matter what you got, Ducky was no, from Land Before Time. 
What's that? You're thinking of Ducky was from the Land Before Time. Oh, that makes sense because I always I do I say that line all the time when people like ask me something. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. First movie I ever saw. In theaters. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I always think it. Maybe it's me, but when I think Land of Time, the first thing I think of is Pizza Hut. Yeah, there was a definitely connection because they did the uh, the giveaway stuff. You got the DVD uh-huh. and all that things. Yeah. Texas, I, I want to see my different strokes. Theme, Texas, though. I want to see. Well, because we get we have like one minute left. I'm oh, trying yeah, to get to one more verse. <laughs> Texas, I want to see Seth throw a chair. That would be awesome. If he wants to leave, there's a very easy way to leave. I've, I've said this for years. Throw a chair. Get, get kicked out. Could you imagine just throwing it on the field? Where did Bobby where, had it up? Where did he even find the chair? Texas, we'll be getting absolutely screwed by the officials, and Sat will just be standing there. It's infuriating. I could not agree more with that. They tried, like even the Dave Clawson game last year. Like as annoying as he was, he got results by being yeah. whining to the officials the entire game. And Satterfield just kind of sits there while the clock operator reams us. It was. It, that that really does bother me. It's the guy who walks in, finds his wife cheating on him, and then goes and makes some cool uh, fruit punch and cookies and dessert. Um, Texas, how about Brian Hartline from Ohio State? He's only thirty five years old with an offensive mindset and a good recruiter. Uh man, that makes me feel old. I remember Brian Hartline when he played at Ohio State. Yeah, same. he's on. The, he's a tight end on that team with with Claret. Um. Texas, the hand puppets land before time pizza. You're damn right. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Could not remember that one. All right. We don't have time to get into any other text. We got the Cardinal Insider with Jody Demling coming up next don't from blame five me. to six. <laughs> We've got uh, Bats Baseball versus the Nashville Sound. I think it's the Sound, right? Versus Nashville. That's right. You're right. You're Thank right. you. Right. At uh, 605 coverage starting with Nick Curran, 635 first pitch. Make it out to the ballpark if you can. Everybody have a fantastic Tuesday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow right back here at three o'clock. The world don't turn to the beat of just one drink. Call me there, bouncing here and there and there.